0: Special Sunday morning as we reflect on the birth of Christ. If you don't mind to join me with a word of prayer as we open our service. Father, we thank you again for loving the world so much so that you sent your son to take on flesh, to become a man, to be born of a virgin, to fulfill all the prophecy that was mentioned even this morning. But to come with a mission, to come on, on purpose for a goal at hand, and that is to give your life a ransom for many, to shed your blood, ultimately to die on a cross, to be buried in a tomb, and to rise again on the, on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So Father, we thank you for the birth of Christ, because without the birth of Christ, we have no cross, we have no empty tomb. We have no hope over sin, death, and hell. And so it starts with this divine intervention where God takes on flesh. And so we thank you this morning that we can celebrate those truths. Father, I pray this morning that we as followers of you, your church, and visitors alike, that we would understand the significance of the person and work of Jesus as a result of looking into your word afresh and anew this morning. I pray that we would be changed as a result of it, that our sin would be made known, that we would see hope in Christ and that we would respond to him rightly as Savior and Lord. That is my hope. That is my prayer, Father. That is a work that only you can do. So, Father, I pray that your spirit would stir us up to that end, that our hearts would be soft and tender to the truths of your word, and that we would, by your grace, respond. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Christmas time in the year 2018. Uh, There's a lot of opinions about what Christmas means in this world that we live in. Is there not? For many in our day, it's just another holiday, For those in the business world or in the workplace, it's uh, certainly marked on the calendar as an opportunity for some extra time off from work, right? Most employers will recognize the importance of Christmas and give us some time off to spend with our friends and family. It's an opportunity to fulfill some of those family traditions that I'm sure we could all go around the room and talk about. Hey, what does your family do? What are some traditions that you hold dear? When do you do them? For others, it's Christmas Eve. For others, it's the day of Christmas. And um, I'm sure you hold those dear, right? We all have maybe childhood memories of doing very specific things as family traditions. And maybe some of those traditions for others revolve around Santa, our favorite TV pastimes, our beloved family Christmas tree with all those homemade ornaments, right, that somehow have made it all these years, right? Um, those, are, those are fun things to do, is it, are they not, right? We all look forward to those things about Christmas. Um, for me, it's an opportunity to put on a few extra pounds so that my imminent New Year's resolution is a little bit more meaningful in just a few weeks, right? I'm sure all of us might struggle with putting on a few extra pounds as we look forward to those family dinners, those Christmas treats, those perfectly iced sugar cookies, right? How many of you have the perfect icing for sugar cookies? You got it down? Maddie's got it down? Emma? Some other kids? Yeah, that's that's always fun to do those, those sugar cookies, right? But it's also an opportunity for us as we think of year end. It's an opportunity to reflect on those maybe in need, to recognize our fellow man, to do maybe some acts of kindness, wrapping up our year-end giving to our favorite philanthropic cause. All of these things encompass what some say is what Christmas means. On top of that, Christmas time in 2018 is marked by, unfortunately, a divided nation over politics, policies, and a president who, if you haven't read the headlines recently, is pretty frustrated about the lack of progress on his presidential agenda. For many, Christmas Time isn't met with hope, glad tidings, or celebration as we all think that it should be. For others, it's a time that's marked by turmoil, loss, heartache, and uncertainty. This morning, my prayer is simple, is that we would understand from Scripture what the true meaning of Christmas is all about that we would recognize that Jesus is the answer to all of these misconceptions and more as we recognize a child in a manger who has come to this earth on a mission and that Jesus really is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. This is what Christmas is all about. So the title of the message this morning is Redeeming the Message of Christmas, redeeming the message of Christmas. No doubt, up until this point through the month of December, you've probably had some type of conversation with somebody, whether it be a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, somebody you just bumped into that has an idea about what Christmas is all about. In our politically correct society that we live in, it's even difficult to say Merry Christmas, It is now more politically correct to say, what, happy holidays. And so certainly Christmas and anything that has to do with Christ and a baby and a manger and a Savior that has come to this world has fallen on hard times and is becoming increasingly unpopular. And so we as Christians, as the church, if anybody is going to get Christmas right and to redeem the true message of Christmas, is it not us? Should it not be our goal and our desire and the words that are coming out of our mouth and the interactions that we have in the marketplace and in our communities and our neighborhood to get Jesus right? That he is the savior that is prophesied of old. He is the Messiah. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And friends, I hope this morning that we will be more emboldened and equipped and stirred up to redeem the message of Christmas in our own hearts, that Christ would have the place that he should have in our own homes, that our spouses and that our children would get Christmas right. And that as a result, our neighborhoods and those that God has placed in our path would also get Christmas right, redeeming the message of Christmas. So what are we all to make of this? Does Christmas really even matter with all these misconceptions and all these different ideas that are swirling around about what Christmas is? Should we, even as a church, be engaged with such a holiday? And I'll answer my own questions if that's okay. Can I do that in my sermon? Can I answer my own questions? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, okay? My answer is this, that we should absolutely, with the resounding yes, be engaged in this topic of Christmas in this world that we live in. My challenge to us as believers and followers of Christ this morning is this, that we would lean in during this time of the year and recognize the incredible opportunity that we have to redeem the message of Christmas. Most everyone, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, that long-lost second cousin that's twice remove on your spouse's side that you're absolutely looking forward to getting with over the next couple days, even that person is talking about Christmas. And so it's on the tip of our tongues. It's a topic of conversation. So how should we as believers be stewards of this opportunity? Friends, regardless of when or how others celebrate Christmas, we as believers should understand that we celebrate this time only because Jesus has come. And we can rejoice in this truth that because Jesus has come and taken on flesh and humanity as described in Philippians 2, the Son of God became one of us, a human. He's taken on flesh. God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of all things, has become a man. Been born of a virgin. He has flesh and blood. And God loved us so much that He revealed Himself in that way. Others saw Him interact in this world, complete signs, miracles, and wonders. Do you remember Him? We've just gone through the Gospel of John. He interacted with this world in very unique ways. He was moved with compassion. He was afflicted with pain. He understood hunger and the struggles of this world so that we could relate to Him and He could relate to us as our Savior. So although Jesus has taken on flesh and become a man, he's not just any man, he is the God man and he has come for a very specific purpose. And this purpose is something that we should all be concerned about. From the youngest child to the oldest adult in this room, we should all be concerned about the purpose of Jesus' coming. See, Jesus has come to give his life a ransom for many. The purpose was to pay for our sin by dying in our place on a cross and being buried in a tomb, and on the third day, rising from the dead, thus defeating sin, death, and hell. Friends, listen with me as I read Acts chapter number 2, verses 22 through 24. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. This was the mission that Jesus came to accomplish. Amen. You say, Eric, I think you might have gotten your holidays a little mixed up. This is sounding a little bit more like an Easter message as opposed to a Christmas message. I understand it's December and and this is Christmas, but friends, let me say this. When we look to redeem the message of Christmas and we consider all the signs and miracles and wonders, the life, The person and work of Jesus as we consider why he came as recorded in Scripture, we have to understand that there was a definite plan and a foreknowledge of God to this Jesus coming to this earth, and it should make it that much more special in our own lives, in our families. As individuals, as a church, we should understand that this is an incredible work that God has done in sending Jesus to take on flesh and become a man to be born during this time of year. So friends, do you realize, as Andy shared this morning during our song service, all the the, uh, prophecy that was given about this Messiah, do you realize that Jesus, hundreds of years before, fulfilled over 300 prophecies through his life, his death, and his resurrection? Andy talked about the, the odds of Christ fulfilling all of those prophecies. For a man to fulfill one in 10 of those prophecies is one in a million. To, to, to fulfill 300 of them is incalculable and only could have been fulfilled by Jesus himself. God, this is what we celebrate this time of year. From the smallest to the greatest of details, Jesus has fulfilled all of the prophecies concerning his coming, his life, his death, and his resurrection. Micah 5.2, as Andy read before, says this, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth from me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. This is fulfilled in Matthew 2, 1 through 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king... Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, Excuse me, saying, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Friends, we could spend all day just tracing out the fulfilled prophecy from the Old Testament to the New Testament. What was told of Jesus and what was fulfilled in Jesus' coming. But friends, we would be here a while and I won't do that to you. So we're going to narrow the scope of our message this morning and remember this, that although there are misconceptions about what Jesus is and who he is and what this time of year is all about, we as believers need to be fully convinced in our mind that it is all about Jesus. Friends, I want to ask a profound question this morning in light of our desire to redeem the message of Christmas question is this, have we really come to grips this morning that because of the love of the Father for his people, there was never, right? Get this, there was never not a plan for Jesus to be born of a virgin in a, man, in a manger. There was never a plan B or another way. There was always only Jesus. And there always will be only Jesus. This is the beauty of Emmanuel, God with us, that before the foundations of the world, that there was a what? A definite plan, as Acts 2 tells us. And that plan was Jesus to redeem a people for his own glory. The gospel, the good news that we have in front of us this morning. You see, the message of Christmas is the message of Easter. Do you understand that the message of Christmas is the message of Easter? A birth led to a sinless life and a ministry on earth which led to what? The cross. God's definite plan. So what now? How do we as Liberty Hills Bible Church, how do we redeem the message of Christmas? Answer is simple. We love our neighbor. We love our neighbor. Matthew 22, 36 through 40, as the Pharisees are trying to catch Jesus and test his understanding of Scripture. The Pharisees say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great, excuse me, in first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So how do we love our neighbor? If Christ said that is the second greatest commandment for us to be concerned about, how do we truly love our neighbor at this Christmas time in 2018 by redeeming the message of Christmas? And we do that by looking to the testimony of the shepherds in this great Christmas story of Luke chapter number two. Don't don't worry, my intro is the longest part of of my message. See you looking at your watches this morning. That's okay. Understand? But Luke chapter number 22, redeeming the message of Christmas. We're going to look to this familiar Christmas story. I'm sure we all have family traditions of maybe gathering around this text on Christmas morning and maybe reading it prior to opening gifts or or sharing gifts with others. I know our family does that, and it's always a special time. But we look to this Christmas story, and if Linus can clarify things for Charlie Brown as he did in Luke chapter 2, I'm hopeful that we too can get something out of Luke chapter number 20, or Luke chapter number two about what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. And you know, it's funny, I, I, as I was preparing for this message, I actually went back and and looked on YouTube and isn't that amazing that, that they, they allowed Luke uh, two back in the day to be read just, that's, that's amazing to me and how special that is uh, for, for Linus to help Charlie Brown get what Christmas is all about, about Jesus And so certainly a a silly cartoon can help point our attention back to what it is all about, Jesus Christ. So let's read our text this morning, Luke chapter number two. And we're really going to focus in on the shepherd's activity here this morning. So I'm going to read the full context here of verses one through 21. Follow me as I read. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him In a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round around them, and they were filled with fear. He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them according uh, concerning excuse me, this child. Verse 18, And all who heard it wondered at of the shepherds here and the actions of the shepherds certainly aren't prescriptive for us today, right? We know this was one place and one time for a specific purpose. They're certainly at least descriptive for us and relevant for us to consider their actions and their responses surrounding how they looked and received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. First point we're gonna look at this morning is the urgency of the shepherd's obedience in verse number 16. Look with me in verse number 16. And they went with what? With haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went with haste. And what did they do when they got there? Verse number 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they went with haste. What did they do when they got there? They made known the same. So friends, when we consider the birth of Jesus and the urgent obedience that the shepherds had around their response to the message that they received from the angels, the question is this, what does it look like for us to live with a sense of urgency around the person and work of Jesus Christ? The shepherds could not contain the message that they had been given. A Savior is what? A Savior is is born. They were excited. They had to go with haste to see this work that God had done. There was an excitement about it. Friends, have have we been given a message to share with this world that we live in? Have we been told to go and to make disciples of all nations? Have we been given a message to share that Jesus has come, that he has been born of a virgin, that he did live a sinless and perfect life, that he came with the purpose to give his life a ransom for many? Have we been given a message to share that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I, that's Jesus, has come to give life and to give it abundantly? Or is this a stewardship around the person and work of Jesus this morning when we consider the true meaning of Christmas? And I wonder, how are we doing with the stewardship of the message of Jesus Christ coming and taking on flesh? Where's our urgency to love our neighbors with that message? Where's our response like the shepherds in verse number 15 where they say, let us go after hearing. Let us go and see. Let us go and meet Mary and Joseph and, and tell them this work that the angels have done. Where's our sense of urgency around the stewardship of the good news, the gospel that Jesus has come to be the Savior of the world? What better time for us to start and renew our obedience to this call, to understand our sense of stewardship around this message than right now, today? It's Christmas time in 2018. Not only do we see the urgency of the shepherd's obedience, but secondly, we see the authenticity of the shepherd's response. We see the authenticity of the shepherd's response. Look at me in verse number 20. It says this, and the shepherds returned doing what? Glorifying and praising God. They went with haste. They made known to Mary and Joseph this angel and this heavenly host that had been revealed to them. And when they returned... What did they do? What was their response to all that had just been unfolded before them? Verse number 20 says that they returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. Their response was what? Was worship. The shepherd's response to this work of God of sending Jesus to this earth, their their response was, was worship, thankfulness, gratitude, and praise. Can you put yourself in the shepherd's shoes for just, I guess it wouldn't be shoes, it'd be sandals. Can you put put yourself in their sandals for just a moment? Can you imagine? I mean, how many days and years have they been in the same field tending their flocks by night? And can you imagine the incredible work of an angel revealing itself to these shepherds? And they were what? They were afraid. But this angel assured them, I come with, what? Glad tidings of great joy. And he's, this angel assured them that he comes with a message that is for their benefit and for the benefit of all the world. Why? Because Christ has been born and he is to be the Savior of the world. And could you imagine these, these, these shepherds just humble, common shepherds out in the field being given this, this message and being given this stewardship of all that God has done. They were overwhelmed. What was their response? It was worship. Friends, I wonder, are we overwhelmed with who Jesus is? That Christ has come, Emmanuel, God with us, that he has taken on flesh and that we have hope because He has given His life a ransom for us. For you, for me. What's the last time you've been overwhelmed in, in worship? Not just singing a song, but understanding who you are before a holy God, a sinful human being that doesn't deserve anything but God's wrath and punishment. But God being rich in what mercy has given us Christ and has given us hope. And not just us only, but for all that would place their faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And friends, that is the message of Christmas. And that is how we redeem the message of Christmas this morning. We have the hope of Jesus and salvation on our tongues. We're looking for opportunities that God has placed in our path to share a cup of cold water in His name. To be a blessing. To help and to encourage and to instill hope. And in and in doing so, what? showing Christ and being the hands and feet of Christ this morning. So friends, this message from the angel, it was good news and it was full of great joy. Why? Because just as the shepherds were gazing on this small little baby that was lying in a manger, they would remember that the angel described the purpose and the role of this baby, which was what, a savior. The response to this reality was worship. It was joy. It was praise. Friends, did those adjectives that I just described, did they describe your walk with the Lord, one of worship, one of joy, and one of praise because you've been saved, you've been redeemed? Or do we walk around encumbered by the cares of this world, downtrodden because of circumstances and trouble and difficulty? Friends, the call of Christmas is to remember that God has taken on flesh, and there is hope because of that. And so let us be renewed in our joy. Let us be renewed in our worship. Let us be renewed in our praise, because God has done this great work. Does it bring context to this life? Certainly. Does it give us a little glimmer of hope in our, di- in our darkness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does it give us joy in our sorrow? It certainly can if we believe these things to be true and relevant for our world today. Can I ask you a question this morning? What is your response to the personal work of Jesus this morning? Does it look something like that of the shepherds, worship, praise, joy, good news? Christians, I certainly understand that we are not exempt from trouble and difficulty in this world. But absolutely, the, overwhelmed, the overwhelming truth is that we can have joy no matter what we're going through because he lives. Why can we have joy? Because we carry with us good news. That is the very meaning of the gospel. Good news is good news on your lips this morning. This is how we redeem the message of Christmas. The third and final point this morning that we're gonna look at is the simplicity of the shepherd's message, the simplicity of the shepherd's message. Look with me again at verse number 20. It says this, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had what? Heard and seen as it had been told them. Simplicity of the shepherd's message was that they simply shared, believed and acted upon that which they had heard and seen and what had been told to them from the angel and the heavenly host look back with me even to verse number 18 it says this and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them shepherds had a message to share and it sounds like they were pretty vocal in what they had experienced it doesn't, sh- doesn't say exactly how many were exposed to the shepherd's message, but the word was spreading pretty quickly as a result of their response of worship, joy, and praise that they had seen a great work from this angel and this heavenly host and that they saw Christ with their own two eyes, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus lying in a manger and that they had been telling others about this work. See, friends, the shepherds realized that they truly had heard about Jesus. And now they had truly seen Jesus. And when a person sees Jesus and truly recognizes and responds to Jesus rightly as Savior and Lord, they are going to tell others about it. They're going to tell others about it. They will not be able to contain this work that they have been exposed to. Jesus is real. He lives. He's alive. He is born in a manger. And these shepherds were passionately telling others about this work. We're going to tell others about it. This is the simplicity of the shepherd's message. This reminds me of John 9:25. I remember Andy preaching a section of this text when we were going through the Gospel of John, the testimony of the blind man, one thing. I do know that though I was blind, what? Now I see. Friends, these men had no theological training. They had no degrees on a wall. They had no special standing as religious leaders. They were simply common shepherds who had a message to share of all that they had heard and seen as that had been told to them. We too, friends, regardless of your background, your education, how long you've been a Christian, whether it's been decades or whether it's been a day, we too have been given a message to tell of what we have heard and seen. One thing I do know that though I was blind, now I see the simplicity of a testimony to redeem the message of Christmas can change another's life. What tragedy It would be for us as individuals and us as a church to keep the good news that Jesus has come, Emmanuel, God with us, to keep that to ourselves. Friends, how do we redeem the message of Christmas? I gave us the contention that it is by loving our neighbor, by telling them the truth of what Christmas is all about. Jesus, his person, and his work. This is a message of stewardship and value and appreciation. This is a message of truly loving our neighbor enough to share this truth with them. The question is, will we, like the shepherds, act in urgent obedience? Will we respond in authentic worship? And will we share this simple message? Jesus has come to take on flesh to be born so that he could ultimately die for our sins and the sins of those who place their faith in Jesus. Friends, as we close our Christmas service and as we prepare our hearts for communion, we need to understand that Jesus was born for one reason, and that is to die. Let's close in prayer. Father, I pray this morning that we, as your church, would redeem the message of Christmas. That although there's, there's fun and there's activities and there's stories to be had and traditions to live out apart from the explicit birth of Christ, I pray that certainly Christ would not get the leftovers of our Christmas celebration this year. That we would understand, Father, that Christmas is not just something that we Um, celebrate. This is not a holiday for us to recognize. This is an eternal implication that we have to come to grips with, that Jesus has come. He's died. He shed his blood and that he has offered to us a gift of salvation through his work and through his life. And that by expressing childlike faith in that work, that we can be saved. So, Father, I pray if there's somebody here this morning who has maybe never really understood Christmas in this light, that they would listen to the words of this next song, that Jesus was born to die, and they would understand that Jesus is offering them that same gift. For The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a beautiful thing it would be to see somebody... For the first time, place her faith in Jesus as a result of understanding a baby in a manger and the true meaning of Christmas. Father, I pray now as we prepare our hearts for observance of the Lord's table, that we would look into our heart, consider our ways and understand how we have been handling this stewardship of the gospel, the good news. Pray that we would do that work during this next song. In Jesus' name, amen.